You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Season 2, new intro, let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. It's your host, Greg E. Hill, the culture change agent. It's Thursday. It's almost the end of the week. These kids are killing me. (laughs) As you all know, or as I stated the first episode, I made my transition into teaching. And when I tell y'all, when I tell y'all, these kids will get on your last nerve. <laughs> well, bless their heart. I'm learning a lot. We're growing together. And it's been an interesting, 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 interesting second week. I'm going to leave it at that. But I'm learning a lot. I love the students. I'm growing as a person. I'm growing as a man. Let me get in this. Episode. Let me get into this episode. So, first of all, thank y'all for the phenomenal feedback for episode one with Dr. Dallas Dance. Had a great time talking with him. He's doing amazing things out in Baltimore, man. So if you haven't checked that out, please go check out episode one. And today we got another classic. But before I get into that, I do want to say I can't wait. In a couple weeks, we have. One of our very first doctors, not we've had a lot of doctors on the show, but they've had doctors in education, doctors in philosophy. We're going to have one of our very first medical doctors on the show. So for those people that have been emailing me and saying, Greg, I love the entrepreneurs. I love the bloggers. I love the speakers. I love the, the comedians. I love I love all the people that come on the show. But where are my people in the medicine space? Well, we got you covered. Um, second of all, like I said in the first show, I apologize if you have reached out to me via LinkedIn, via email, via via any social media platform and I have not gotten back to you. It is not because I'm trying to slight you. It's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because it's been a lot going on and I, I probably won't be able to, to respond like I normally would until Thanksgiving. So... Please bear with me. We're, 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 we're working on getting my organizational flow better, possibly being on a virtual assistant. So I'm working on being better with that. So please charge it to my head, not my heart. And let's get into the show because I am phenomenally excited about our guest today because I love it. I love it. One week we have a superintendent of a public school system. Then the next week we have Somebody that has been grinding for honestly the last seven to ten years in her space, but is finally starting to hit her stride and get to where she needs to go. And she can kind of walk us through her own journey. And I guarantee if you listen all the way through, you'll get a lot of valuable nuggets because I enjoy 
thoroughly enjoyed her interview. We talk about divorce. We talk about relationships. We talk about coaching. We get into some meaty, 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 meaty stuff. So if you like all this, like the sound of that, please stay tuned. Make sure, you already know, make sure to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't. We got 125, which I am grateful for. I am thankful for. But I've had thousands of listeners. So if you're listening via iPhone right now, stop it. Cut the track. And please, please leave a review. Listen to SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Share with a friend. And man, keep us in your prayers as we build. And thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. I do not take your support for granted. All right, all right, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into the show. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation leaders. And I know y'all have heard it 37, 38 times, but I'm going to say it again. I have a show for you today, and I'm calling it right now. It's going to be a classic. It's, it's going to be very informational. It's going to be very resourceful, and I know we're going to be a value add. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a blogger, if you're a speaker, if you are somebody that wants to eventually coach people or just be a change agent, then this is the show for you. So I'm going to read a little snippet about our guest, and then we're going to get right into it. She is hailing all the way from rural Connecticut. And I was like, I've been to Connecticut before. You say rural Connecticut. It's like, what does that look like? So hopefully she can explain that. <laughs> she is the CEO and founder of ManifestYourself.com. She's been blogging since 2010. So she's heavy in the game. Outside of that hustle, she is the assistant director of a university career office. And she is a proud graduate. And I hope she's a proud graduate because I, always, someone, I did that one interview and they was like, ah, I don't really like my school like that. But I'm just going to say she's a proud proud graduate of Long Island University, where she received her bachelor's in business admin and her master's in counseling. She hates chipped nail polish, ugly cries. I gotta, I gotta ask about that. Vegetables, but she loves jazz, salty snacks, and just stair climbers. So like I said, if you're an aspiring blogger, if you want to be a coach one day, or if you just like to live a happy, nutritional, healthy life, this is the podcast for you. And I know she's going to drop bombs. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Deuce, Miss Kimberly Brown to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you. Nah, I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to have you have you on. But before you even begin, what is the ugly cry? So the ugly cry, that's when you are just so upset. Your whole face just contorts. You can't even act like you're not crying. Imagine like a two-year-old when you take that toy out their hands in the grocery oh. store and they just <laughs> lose it. And normally you're silent before the tears start flowing. You start making the sound. That's the ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. So as you know, we always start to show off with a quote. But before you even get to that part, I was looking at your Instagram and I, I wanted to share some quotes that because a lot of times there's so many great quotes that did to get the show started. But I want to steal some thunder because I was like, yo, I love the quote. Some days you eat salads and go yoga. Some days you eat cupcakes and refuse to put on pants. It's called balance. Like that's I love that one. And then, uh, <laughs> No, and then uh, the one I the one that spoke to me the most. Uh, no matter how slow you go, you're still lapping everybody on the couch. And I think you can, as we get into the show, when we talk about some of the things your initiatives you're working on. I know that speaks volumes. So, gosh, I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. So, let's start it off. What's your favorite quote? And give me a great story. Don't leave us hanging. A great story on how you use that quote in your everyday life. 
Okay. So the quote I use every day in my business is, you must believe in yourself and your vision. When you do this, you will manifest the life you desire. Mm -hmm. And that quote came from when I kind of rebranded and relaunched Manifest Yourself back in 2013. I was going through this major time of change in my life and I was like, it's possible to really kind of turn things around and recreate your own story. Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep on going with the flow and just allowing things to happen. If you create a vision for your life, I'm very big on vision boards, writing things down, journaling. If you see my office, there's a whole bunch of stuff on the wall. <laughs> That's just how I like to visualize what's going to happen, what I'm looking forward to. And I really tried to almost take control in that sense of what the vision was. And a lot of it has come to fruition. So I really believe that creating 90-day action plans, uh, vision boarding, as long as you're also taking actionable steps, it really can help you manifest a beautiful life. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. So what's the last thing you put in your 90-day plan that came to fruition? Ah, the last thing. I would probably say, so I'm born and raised in Connecticut, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been living in New York for 10 years, and then in April, yeah, April, I moved to North Brunswick, New Jersey. Never thought I'd be. No, that's by Johnson & Johnson, right? I think so. I still don't know anything about Jersey. <laughs> I just know how to get to work and how to get home and where the grocery store is. Uh-huh. But I had this vision for what I wanted the home to look like here. And so many things just started to come into play. I really wrote it down. I really planned for it, pinning different things on Pinterest that I loved. And slowly but surely, this home is really coming together. Mm. So were there any like specific actionable action things that you did or the universe that said, yo, you put these plans out and it just started kind of it was or was it a mix of both? I think it was a mix of both. I'm a little type A, so I'm very big on lists and spreadsheets. So I have a whole spreadsheet. So if you ever come into New Jersey um, and you have to live here, I have a spreadsheet of about 20 to 30 apartments organized by type, price, amenities, everything. Wow. Um, and then I visited about 10 or so. 10? Yes. <laughs> days. Um, my boyfriend wanted to kill me because he moved down here with me. Uh-huh. And he was like, really? I'm like, I promise you, like, it's going to be a great experience. We want to make sure we hit all the bases mm-hmm. and we're not settling for anything. So we looked at a wide array of places. And the one we love, we just weren't positive about it. Um, and there's an approval process in a lot. It takes a lot of time in New York City and in New Jersey. And we were almost about to put an application for someplace else. And the one we love called back and said, hey, it's yours. When can you come? They had our date, our time, they had everything. But we spent so much time kind of organizing what the space would look like, looking at furniture, everything. I think once you start being in motion, things Mm -hmm. start to happen. Mm, I know that probably drove him crazy, though. Or is he the dude? Is he into that kind of stuff? Um. He, it drove him a little crazy <laughs> um, because I'm very particular with certain things, especially when it comes to like, getting an apartment because you got to stay here. You got to love it. Um, but he's good. He does a good job with it. He handles me well. Nah, that's, that's great. That's great. Because it's crazy. Like I, Me and my roommate did the exact opposite. Like We had to move out on a Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I looked at an apartment. I said, oh, this looks all right. So on Friday, we moved into the next one. And... I did. I, I ain't gonna lie. I'll be honest with our listeners. I did kind of make a slight mistake because I know we're going to get into this on the podcast, but when you know yourself, you know, things that you strive under and you know, things that are not kind of your, your lane or, or some of your weaknesses. And I know me, I need a lot of natural sunlight in the spot I, I go to. And unfortunately the, the apartment we picked, 
is in the cut. Like it's a nice apartment, but it's in the cut. So I, I when I first walked in, I was so happy. Boom, boom, love apartment, great. And I walked in my room. I said, "Yo, I open the doors, trees." And it's like I need sunlight. That that's natural for me, especially with some of the stuff that I just need sunlight. And I made a mistake on that. But back to the show. Back to you. Question: Can you share with our audience? This is your time to step on the platform, real quick. Your story about yourself, so we can kind of get into the show. Okay, great. Um, this, this question is always so hard because I never know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'll give the abbreviated version. Um, I was born and raised in Bolton, Connecticut, and I say rural Connecticut because there's nothing out there. It's cows and sheep. It was a very <laughs> um, uh, sixty-seven kids in my graduating class. Wow! What so, in the world? How many people went to school? 312 at that time. Wow. Yes. I was also one of the only minorities K through 12. So it was a very unique experience. Um, our high school is very similar to a private high school. So we got to do all different types of things, travel, and we were in Disney World performing, and I went to France in high school. So it was a beautiful upbringing. But I decided at that time when I graduated, I was like, I need something else. I need to shake things up. So I moved to New York for school, and I never went back. Mm-hmm. I haven't lived at home for more than two weeks probably since my freshman year of college because I stayed every summer. I'm just trying to (laughs) put myself in the experience. Um, I have a background in uh, vocal jazz. I studied at UConn Community School of the Arts for probably about eight years. So a lot of me was around like music and singing and writing. Um, I say I'm retired now because I only really sing at probably weddings and funerals, people who knew me back then. Mm -hmm. But I've always loved to write and to express myself in a creative way. Um, college, I went to LIU. I was there studying business administration. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of an overachiever. Graduated in three years instead of four because, yeah, although I work in higher ed, I'm not a school person. I cry my way through papers. <laughs> something that I'm like, oh, I could just write this 10 page thesis. Like, I'll be crying through it. Um, so I did that and I quickly went into a career in banking, oddly enough, um, more in a sales role. And I, really love connecting with the customers, Mm -hmm. but the sales thing was not my thing. Mm. And sales and marketing, it's really hard for me to market myself because I always feel pushy. Mm -hmm. Um, Even my business model today, I feel like, you know, manifest yourself if you know me. And if you don't, um, I'll tell you if I meet you, but I'm not that out there with my marketing. So that's something I have to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I found out that sales wasn't my thing in the finance side, I transitioned to educational sales and admissions at a university. Mm -hmm. So I was another university for a little bit. And then I started uh, going into career counseling and I've been career counseling for about six years. I've been at uh, three different schools so far. Um, My current role, I'm an associate director for employer outreach. And it's my first time actually not counseling students, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's a new phase being more on the administrative level at a college in Mm -hmm. career services. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's interesting. I've been in this role since February and it's a lot of growth. (laughs) A lot of change. It's helping me grow as an individual and manifest yourself. Um, the reason why I found you online, um, manifest yourself. It started as my passion project back in like 2010. Mm-hmm. It's called something else, which I won't name because I don't want anyone to Google it because those blog posts are kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. But I rebranded, relaunched in 2013, uh-huh. and it started as being very passionate about fitness and wellness. Um, I loved all things, working out, healthy snacks, healthy living, green living, all of that. But over time, I've integrated some of my professional passions with personal and professional development. Mm -hmm. And I started doing coaching, public speaking. And now I feel like 
my professional career and my business are much more aligned, which makes things a lot easier. I feel like, especially in this current role, I'm at the university, I'm not in a position where I kind of have to choose. Mm-hmm. I actually was able to speak about Manifest Yourself in my interview. And oh, wow. that's when I knew it was like, okay, this is it. This is the perfect fit because everything is working together. Mm, that's 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 fantastic. So how did you? So how? What was your first foray into blogging? Like in that that whole sphere, and then how have you been able to be consistent? Because six years, and I'm looking at your line. You post pretty frequently, so I know that's a a big question about consistency. So I guess we can make it broad. Or how first? How have you been able to start the blog? Like what got you into actually writing and putting your thoughts online? And then how have you been able to be consistent this far? So I'm that kid who used to have, I'm not sure if you remember a uh, live journal back in the day. Live I, journal. Oh no. no. What is that? What, what? So that was, I think I, I was young. Like, I mean, I think like seventh, eighth grade high school, there was this platform called live journal. I mean, no frills look like the first Apple computer type <laughs> stuff. And you could just like journal about your day and kind of share it. You can make it private or you can make it public. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for a while. And then slowly I heard, I started just Googling different topics and I found that there are all these people online just sharing their life stories, sharing their journeys. So I set myself up, I believe with a blog spot account. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. And my first, my first real blog, um, it was with one of my coworkers at the time. We were very passionate about wellness. I didn't even use my name, in all honesty. I had a, a pseudonym that I went under. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just started to grow. I remember the first time, my first real moment where I was like, oh, this is something. I had 100 page views. And now I'm like, if I had 100 page views in one day, I'd be mad. <laughs> but back then, it was like, oh, my God, there's more than like four page views from myself and my colleague. This is great. Uh-huh. Um, and then a brand started to reach out to me and I was like, oh, I guess like this is kind of serious. Like, I guess I could do something with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really started to curate a platform that also spoke about me because for blogging, I feel like I have to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I like to come from a position of I'm sharing my life story, but also giving you actionable steps for your own life. Mm-hmm. Um and I just try my best to put out good content. I am. I try and be as consistent as possible. So I average, um, right now, probably two to four posts a week. At one time, I was at five a week, and that was rough. Five um, a week? Goodness gracious. It, yeah. It was It was real rough because I still work full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably between two and four. And I just really try and listen to my readers, um, be on top of some trends, and then also just engage the best way that I can. Man, that's that's perfect. And my question too, because I'm a, I'm a blogger myself. How do you balance? And you've been at it for far longer than I. How do you balance being like personable and sharing stuff, and still have and still having those call to action? Because sometimes I know in minds, I get if you ever read any of my blog posts, I get like really like intensely deep. Sometimes I'll be like I'm kind of too in deep, but I just feel like it's my responsibility, especially doing what I do to be, to be honest, uh, be vulnerable in a sorts and then have some call to actions. But then some days I, I, cause I have like five or six blog posts. I've, I have not published cause I was like, maybe this is just too much. So how do you balance between being honest and sharing about your past, but also making sure it has clear call to action for your readers? That's a hard one because I feel like I still struggle with that sometimes. But I will say 
every single time I've shared and opened up with something that was um, super personal, sometimes even painful, or something I'm struggling with, that's normally when I get the best responses. Mm-hmm. And people connect with me most about those things. So I just try and balance when I have call to actions, like if I just started a YouTube channel, so if I need y'all to come and look at my YouTube, um, I try and balance call to actions like that or talking about products or promotions with personal posts. And I try my best to be as authentic as possible. Mm-hmm. The biggest compliment I get about my writing is that when people meet me in real life, they're like, oh my God, you write just how you talk. Like <laughs> Now that I've met you and I know what your voice sounds like, I feel like you're reading your blog post to me because I try and be as personable as possible. And I think that really builds into the authenticity of Manifest Yourself. Love that. So how have you been able to kind of grow it over the years? I know you just said, okay, when I first got, I got a hundred page views and I was like, yeah. And now I was like, eh. So I know people have online websites and I know we have a lot of bloggers that listen to this as well. How, like, what are some core things that you have done that you believe that has allowed you to grow over the years? Um, so I'm big on taking classes. I've definitely taken a few classes to help. And I, I mean, like online classes from other key bloggers or influencers in the area so they can kind of teach me their ways. Mm-hmm. I've done quite a few of those. Like who? Um, um, so right now I'm also taking Blogger Revolution. Um, Maya Elias is amazing. Mattyology. Um, pin, what's it called? Pinterest worthy from, so Melissa Griffin, she was one of my first blog designers. She has an amazing class on Pinterest that I just finished taking with one of my interns. Um, so I definitely try and learn from other people in the field, Mm -hmm. but I think determining what is good for my audience. So I'm definitely on everything, but I could say my readers respond to certain things better than others. Mm -hmm. So I try and pay more attention to where my readers are and just be consistent. So if I can't post five times a day on Facebook, I'm not going to post five days a day on Facebook. I'm going to just post once a day. And I try and do a little something on every platform and just make sure that I'm engaging with the followers to try and build. Um, Something else else I did in the beginning, I started speaking at conferences a lot, Mm -hmm. at blogging conferences, and that really helped tremendously. Speaking at conferences, engaging, collaborations, guest posting, um, all of that is so helpful. Oh, man. So I think we're about to jump into a a good space right here because I know and before we get there, because I know I want to talk about how like your first foray into speaking and getting invited to conferences and your advice on partnerships. But before we get there and we leave the first round, I do I would like for you to share maybe a a a time in your life where it was a big challenge and then you overcame it because I try to do this early in the episode. Some days, some days I, I wait to the end and I'm like, dang, I should have got it early in the episode. So our audience can, can kind of be with you in the moment and kind of, uh, have some, have some common ground because sometimes our audience, they, they, with some members, say, oh, wow, she's been blogging for six years or she's doing X, Y, and Z. I can relate, but I really can't relate. So can you bring us home with a, a struggle that you had in your life or a low point and then some lessons learned and how you kind of overcame it? Interesting. So do you want something business-like or personal? It could be, uh, or- we usually, we usually go to the personal route and you don't got to get too personal. I know is it, but we, we like to go to the personal route because we got majority of our, our, our listeners are, um, and this might be a sexist comment, but are, are women <laughs> <laughs> like see, got 65% <laughs> African American women, almost 70. It's crazy. I need my man need to, to listen in, but they connect a lot with the personal story. So if you could share some of that, um, and then just, just one and then what, how it kind of changed you and uh, what you learned from it. Interesting. Okay. So I would say probably the most recent, um, time I had to really work through something, I got a divorce. Um, and that was 
probably one of the most painful times in my life. And it was one of the times where I couldn't just keep it together. Mm-hmm. Like even my readers, like if you look back on that time when I was blogging, I was blogging kind of sporadically. People were asking like, oh, you don't sound like yourself, but I wasn't really ready to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't get into, of course, the details of the divorce because that's just not nice yeah. in general. <laughs> but I will say that um, once I kind of like pulled it together and I told myself like, if this is what's going to happen to me, I have to change the story. Mm-hmm. I can sit here and be broken down. I read this book by Elizabeth Lesser, which I think is phenomenal for anyone going through any type of breakup. It's called, um, what's it called? Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. Mm -hmm. And essentially it talks about how you could either break down and just stay down, stay down, be depressed, eat Cheetos, eat cookie dough, and just sit on the couch. Mm -hmm. Or you can break open and you can go through this almost like metamorphosis process. Mm. where you can kind of take the reins back and create this dynamic life for yourself. And I'm like, my site is called manifest yourself. Like this is the time where like Kim Brown messed up. Mm-hmm. It's public. So I've got to pull it together. And I really took that time to create this life for myself and things um, went from being really, really bad to incredible. So manifest yourself grew exponentially. Um, I focused on my business. I focused on my home. I moved to New York City for the first time and actually lived in the city. I lived in Harlem, mm-hmm. which was a dream that I definitely couldn't have done at like 18 to 21 with my like little two-bit job that <laughs> health insurance. Living in New York City was not an option. <laughs> but I think um, that process taught me a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. A lot. And I'm a big believer in marriage and I definitely hope to be married again. But... I think that that was my one thing that was, I couldn't hide it. Mm -hmm. I had to tell people and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. uh, So it was really difficult for me, but I was able to pull through in a unique way. I feel like I surrounded myself with great people. I got more involved with my business. I became a better friend, a better, better aunt, better godmother, better daughter. And I really focused on manifesting a great life for myself. And I think, I think it has in hindsight, um, I think it was something that I may have had to go through. Mm. That that that's uh thank you for sharing that and I and I get that. And um I know it has and at times and I know a lot of people listening can relate to this, especially if you are have a business where you're actually people know your face or know your name in the business where l- stuff is challenging for like you're going through something personal and then everybody on the outside it's like okay oh you're not probably gonna feel blah and it's it's kind of hard to continue that that same level of intensity that same level of focus and sometimes in your head you're like i'm supposed to especially me i'm like some days i'm not motivated and it's like i i'm a motivational speaker like what how do how you motivated like i've written a couple books about this stuff and then some days i go through the same things um that i wrote down and, and then i'm looking at myself am i a fraud like, am I a fraud for, for, for sharing all this advice and whatnot? And then something hits me and then I go into a show. But I love that thing you said, um, with the book. And I'm definitely going to have that in the show notes instead of breaking down, like break open. And I, and I'm definitely going to read that book just for, just to get some nuggets from it. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. So as we transition into kind of the, the present day, and I know I do want you to share, um, about your your fitness journey, your your journey with self image and whatnot, because uh, I think that's very important, and I know you speak about it a lot in your blog. So, can you share with us a little bit of your fitness journey and your your e um, evolution of your self image? Oh, interesting. Um, so, fitness is something that I've always 
been into a bit. I think it started in high school. I was I was chap- captain of my cheerleading team. <laughs> Parents always had me in sports, but I never felt like I had that optimum level of fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I never felt like it was like I could just go and not. I don't want to run a marathon. I know you run, mm-hmm. but running is not fun to me. Running is painful, so I don't like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I always wanted to see what it felt like to be a super duper fit. So. Uh, last, maybe like about two years ago, I started training for a bodybuilding competition for a bikini division. And I just threw myself into fitness after years of like being on the blog and talking about Weight Watchers and this and paleo and all different diets. I was like, let me try and do this. Weight Watchers and blogging about that too. I'm going to go into a bodybuilding competition. I just, I think I just started to get in this community. I don't even know. It probably started with one Instagram, one late night, just looking at <laughs> this led me on a hashtag journey. That's probably <laughs> the hashtag journey. <laughs> but I'm like, I started to get obsessed. I was like, oh, I should do this. So I hired a trainer and I've, I've, most of the time I've always had a personal trainer, but I hired one specifically to help me with this. And I lost about 30 pounds mm-hmm. and I was there than I'd ever been. If you go back to the Manifest Yourself Instagram, you can see some super fit photos where I was definitely feeling myself. <laughs> but I didn't get to the point. So for bodybuilding, you have to have a very low body fat percentage, mm-hmm. point blank period. Like, And I said, I wasn't going to go up there if I look like a fool. I want to look like everybody on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, I got to the point where I kind of burnt out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was just tired of being sore. I was tired of eating like plain chicken. I was tired of like going to the gym twice a day. So I kind of I took a break. So this past year, it's like I'm on this new journey, especially more recently, kind of trying to find something that's in between. So I don't think I need to be extreme, like Mm -hmm. uh, bodybuilding, like that extreme level of fitness, because it definitely doesn't entice me as much as it used to. But I don't want to be a couch potato. So I recently just started doing CrossFit, actually. Um, And it's interesting. My boyfriend's been going for two years, and he's asked me to go for two years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I just started going. Um, this month I was in Belize in July and we found a CrossFit box. I'm like, Oh, we're in Belize. Like I could try a class. And then we came back. He's like, so you're going to do this for real. Um, so I started, so I'm just trying to get back on, back on the good foot. Um, Nah, I got, I got you on that. And I guess since you brought them up, I, it's like, I don't, I want to make sure I, eh, yeah, no, I'll ask, I'll ask. How how have you been able to, because you said you boyfriend for two years, so how, I don't want to go back to that moment, but how have you been able to, because I know you speak about it in your blog sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. get back into that that scene after after divorce and whatnot into, into dating, because I know there's people in the blog, and even myself, when I've, the relationships that, that kind of went another way, it's, sometimes it's harder, of course it's harder to open up, and I'm a man. So yeah. for you, how like what were some things that 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 internally that you kind of adjusted to make yourself open it again, and now to have a, a great relationship where y'all can go CrossFit together? <laughs> oh my gosh, um, and it's so helpful. I think when I first started dating again, I really kind of sat down and thought about what is it that I want. Mm-hmm. Like, so what is it that I need in this person? What do I need in my life? What am I willing? Um, I don't want to say tolerate, that sounds like kind of harsh, yeah. but what am I willing to accept and what will I definitely reject? And I was just very easy on myself. I wasn't, I've never been that woman where it's like, I need to be married by X, Y, Z time. And da, 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 da. I was like, I just want a partner like in real, and I want a real life partner who I can do um, almost anything with. So in, in 2016, so Tinder makes things easy. <laughs> Tinder makes things very easy. You can swipe until your thumbs fall off. Okay, Cupid, all that stuff. I've tried. I went to a speed dating one time. That was terrible. Terrible. What, like, what, what, speed dating? It was that bad? 
It was bad. There was nobody there that could have been like, eh? Mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> it was rough. It was. Rough. I had to apologize when my girlfriends. I had to pay for her dinner after. It was that bad. I was like, girl, why'd you bring me here? Oh, you invited somebody else too? Yeah, I had to bring someone just in case. I needed a partner in crime. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, and, like on Hitch. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it was bad. Um, but I just, I just tried to open myself up to different experiences. It was never about like I need to find the right person right now. It was more of just experience it and being honest. I think when my girlfriend's talking about my dating experience, I tried to be as quick as possible when I didn't um, feel that someone was a good fit mm. and just not be afraid to move on um, and just be open. And my boyfriend now, like it took, it took us a minute to get where we are. It was not some like beautiful hopping through like the yellow brick forest, yellow brick forest, <laughs> yellow town, the yellow brick road. Um, and we got here, like it took time and we were uh, patient with it. Until we got where we are. Nah, that's fantastic. And then, that's a battle, though, especially if you're a nice person. Because one thing you did say, you said, okay, if something wasn't really working, you immediately kind of boom. But that's difficult to say because say, I'm, I'm a nice guy. Like, I really, I don't really like to hurt feelings or whatnot. And I always feel I, in my past, I'm not going to uh, indict myself now, but in my past, <laughs> there have been like five or six people, not that I was like actively seeing, I was going on dates with, but just people just in general. And I just didn't know how to be like, ah. So I just, it would just go six, seven months. We just text every now and then. And it's like, I couldn't be like, well, how does that look like? Hey, I'm, I'm not feeling you anymore. Cause you, cause you know, some people, they won't even tell you that they really like you. They just text you all the time or they want to be whatever. So you don't want to be that guy. Like, well, I'm not. And she's like, well, I didn't even like you like that. And I'm like, well, okay, my bad. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but that's like the weirdest stage. But I guess, I guess the, like, what, what can you say to be like, eh, nah, I'm good. And then kind of move on. Um, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. These questions today, gosh. Um, I feel like I always tell people now that like when you're in a relationship, once you identify that you don't want to be there, that you're doing a disservice to yourself Mm -hmm. and to that other person, because I would hate to find out that I'm dating someone who does not think that I'm the stuff like, Mm -hmm. no, just let me go. Don't let me sit here and think that we're doing something and it's going to be good. And you've already determined in your mind that I'm quote unquote, not the one. Um, so I try and do the same thing for myself because it takes less stress off myself. Cause I'm, I'm an emotional person. I'm a cancer. I'm very, very emotional, very in tune with all that stuff. And I just, I feel bad. So my, what do I want to feel bad about? Do I want to feel bad that I cut someone loose who I knew I wasn't interested in? Or do I want to feel bad about stringing them along? Mm. So I'm like, I think I feel worse about stringing them along. So let me just cut it. And I try and just be as nice as possible. Like I went on one date and it just wasn't a good fit. There was not a conversation flow. And he's like, oh, uh, I'd love to go out again. Let's try and set something up for next week. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I apologize, but I'm really not like feeling the situation. I think it would be best if we just didn't go out again. Ooh, in the face? Not in the face. It was it was on the phone. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm about to say, I said, golly, that's like a, you should be an actor if you could say that. I mean, because it's... <laughs> Like that's real though. Like I mean, honestly, I, I think uh, the world would be a better place if uh, if people were if people were, were that up front. So I, I definitely uh, <laughs> sometimes they don't like it. I definitely had people say not so nice things after, but I'm like, all right, then it's over. 
<laughs> and then they go on manifestyourdestiny.com and leave <laughs> I'm always I'm always afraid of that one day and it had to happen to me one time and I was like I didn't do nothing crazy but I had somebody leave this crazy comment on my blog I was like no and I was like this is the worst case and I was like what are you doing oh um, I haven't had that before but I I would definitely hit that delete button yeah I did. <laughs> if I saw that <laughs> but um <laughs> but back to the uh back to the topic because I know um as you recently said you've gotten into I want to first talk about your your evolution, getting into speaking, and then coaching, because I know that's a a, a part of, a big part of your business as well. How did you get into um, get first foray into speaking and uh, on on those platforms from that transition from blogger to actually speaking too? So when I first started blogging, and whenever I learned to master something, I felt like I had something to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been someone at work who I want you to send me to the conference, send me to the conference, the national convention, the drive-in day thing. I love going to conferences. So once I found out, and it took me a second to realize there are blogging conferences, mm-hmm. um, I started to pitch myself. I would look at the schedule from last year, and I would try and find something that seemed to be aligned with their content. And I would talk about it, even if it's just like a five minute, like I, I used to go to this conference called Fit Blogging, and they used to have something called Ignite, which is five minute, I think it's five minutes, 20 slides, and they do them like rapid fire. Mm. So I did one kind of talking about my fitness journey, kind of like making fun of being like a blogger who like, I talk about fitness, but I haven't <laughs> six pack yet. Like I'll make fun of myself. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how I first got into it. And then once you, you do it once and you kind of, you do it well, people get to know you and you can start doing it again, do longer. So I went from doing quick ones to um, the 30 minutes, the 45 minutes, the hour long sessions on just topics that I felt passionate about. And I felt like I had something to give in my full-time job. I've always had to give presentations, like starting from my days in admissions, I'd be in a room of rowdy high schoolers and the teacher would be like, go forth. Go, go ahead. <laughs> and you have to think on the fly and make things engaging. So for manifest yourself, I was like, why not? Yeah. Why not go ahead and, and do some of this? So I just started pitching. That was the big thing. I was pitching myself until until I got in. And if it if I didn't get in that year, I would try to also attend and then network. So that next time my application goes through that you know who I am. Mm, I love that. So primarily your demographic now is conferences where you speak at? Conferences and then um, also any groups in the area. So I've been asked to speak to everything from Girl Scout troops to young women's groups to young professionals, um, to regular professional organizations. I did something for the National Association of Professional Women before. Um, so really it spans the age range. I feel like everyone is talking about like making yourself a better person. Mm-hmm. So how can that apply? Of course, when I talk to younger kids, it's very different. Mm-hmm. About what that means versus when I'm talking to professional women. I also did a workshop in May um, at a training day for the federally employed women. So talking about, so for other groups like the professionals, I can really get into developing an action plan for your life. Like what steps do you need to take mm-hmm. in order to manifest some change? Mm. I have a whole process I could walk people through. Oh man. So if you can give us a, a sneak peek into that process, like you don't got to get the whole coaching session right here, but if you can give a sneak peek, cause we have, like I said, we have a huge demographic of professional women that listen to this podcast. So if you could do, give us two things, a sneak peek to say, okay, I need to kind of make some changes in my life. What should I do? And also, um, 
you, like maybe some things on uh, professional growth and because it knows it's a lot different as a as a woman, especially a woman of color going in your career and, and growing and whatnot. So you can get throw us some nuggets real quick uh, from your expertise on that. Okay, so the first step, I think, when it comes to creating an action plan for yourself is really creating a vision that is so specific. One of my favorite exercises to do when I'm coaching a client or when I'm speaking, I'll pick one person in the audience, whatever volunteer, whoever raised their hand first, and I want them to walk through what their ideal day is. I know a lot of coaches do this, Mm -hmm. but the more specific you get, the better. Like When I ask the questions, like, okay, what time did you wake up? Who did you wake up next to? Where are you living? What do you feel the moment you wake up? What did you eat for breakfast? What did you do after you ate breakfast? What what type of clothes do you wear? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone in the home with you? All those questions, really setting up the exact detail. And then I read it back to the client. So I'd be like, all right, I wake up in the morning. It is a Tuesday morning. I feel so refreshed. I'm next to the man that I love. I roll over. I give him a kiss. I get dressed and I go to CrossFit in the morning. The workout was super hard, but I got through it. I got myself dressed. I came back home. Uh, my job is kind of casual, but also also fun and professional. So I'm able to wear something laid back that I'm comfortable. I drive to work. There's no traffic. I'm excited that I'm driving down the road in my car that I pay the, the, I pay the rent on and it's not an issue. I get into work. My office is blah, blah, blah. You can just keep on going down mm-hmm. and get the day. And a lot of times that's really powerful for someone because we know what the goal is. Like most people can articulate I want ABC. I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to be able to go on vacation. I want a job where I'm the boss. I want a job where I'm doing X, Y, Z versus what I'm doing now. But it's thinking about what is like, how how can you feel what that is supposed to be like? Mm. And once you can put an emotion behind it, that emotion can help motivate you to do the actionable steps. So I think that is like the number one thing first. And then we break down. Um, I love to do 90 day action plans, step by step. What do you need? And picking like a realistic goal of 90 days. Like, so suppose someone wanted to um, work on their professional development. Maybe they want to get a new job in a new field or they want a promotion. Mm-hmm. Realistically, it takes the average person about six months to find a job. Yes. So in that six months, if that is the next logical step, like there's no other options. This is your field and you have the exact experience needed. If anything else is in there, it could take longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really kind of picking out like maybe for that person, 90 days would be saying you have a good network. You should be having interviews. You have a good network. And now you're kind of in the phase where you're getting all the applications back. Maybe you're getting some calls. Maybe you're following up, but you've been working significantly on your networking. Mm-hmm. And I think that going into the, the second part of your question, where you're talking about what um, especially women of color can do when it comes to professional development. I don't want to beat a dead horse because everybody hates hearing that networking is the key. <laughs> but like I just did, I recorded a YouTube video talking about some simple steps. It'll hopefully be out in September about networking. I think people, when they go to network, um, especially... Um, in these large settings or conferences, like I've been to conferences where people just drop their business cards on the table. Like, All right, everybody take one. What? That's not networking. Like, that's not networking at all. 
Mm-hmm. That's just picking up a piece of paper that you're going to lose in the bottom of your handbag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to build a relationship with someone. And I mean, like when I network with someone, um, I know where you live. I know if you have kids, I know what you like to do. I know of course about your job and your career, but I know so many other things about your day-to-day life so that you feel important. I don't even focus on myself at first. I just want to get to know you. What makes you tick? What makes you happy? I try and make, it's like being a host at a party. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you have a great experience whenever you talk to Kimberly Brown. to <laughs> <laughs> feel good. And then um, you can start having a conversation about um, what you need. My league Teal, she's very strict about this. When I listen to her podcast, I love it. Yeah, I she love her podcast too. It's great. And one thing she always says, and I just saw her speak a few weeks ago, is you should not be asking for anything within the first year you meet someone. Most likely. You should not expect it or ask for it. Mm-hmm. Or I say a year or I say three meaningful connections. Mm-hmm. So to give three time and then before you ask for anything, you need to be, at least give something of value at least three times. Exactly. Exactly. So that they know really who you are, especially um, at the university that I work at, knowing where I work, so many people um, will just reach out and be like, oh my God, you work here. Can I, can you like, let me know? But when this is open, I'm like, I can't refer you. I don't don't know you. (laughs) And I'm not going to put my reputation on the line. Cause I've done it before and I got burned one time. So that's why I'm also very sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm not, I can't sit here and vouch for you. Cause when you give a referral, you, your performance is not on my performance evaluation, but it's on my like unspoken performance. Yeah. Like the real, the real personal stuff. Cause then in there you can have all the stuff on paper, but in your, in the person's head, you're like, yo, Kimberly, she last time she got so-and-so in and ah, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. I'll make sure we'll, we'll pass it on through. <laughs> and then it's like, to, to the trash. And then if I got someone good later, then I ruined it. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really, really stress building really strong relationships. And we talked about dating before. It's like you act like you're dating. When you meet someone, You the first few sessions are just questions. The questions the whole time mm-hmm. to try and get to know the person. That's all you're doing. So you have to do the same thing when you're networking. No, I, I, I love that. I, that. That is that is so, so true because, I mean, sometimes we get a false reality. I mean, especially growing up um, when my, my school, we had to we, we got we went to these networking sessions and whatnot. Or we were taught how to network but it was more so you get to know a couple of high level things about the person. And then you ask, like, oh, I can get this job. But when you really just try to like think of it honestly it's all it's a friendship for the most part sometimes it's i mean association friendship whatever but you're like you said you're getting to know the actual person so i never and i'm glad you, you you put it out there like that i never thought about it like that concretely like especially now we're older um i'm 26 about to turn 27 and now these relationships that have hold that much more power because your friends they have some of them might have bigger positions so if they refer you if they tell you no that means they really there's something at stake back in the day when you're in college i mean there's not too much at stake you're a student whatever you're all students okay boom but now there's a lot more at play and that could change your career if you like you said if you refer the wrong person or you're not really building those things so i think there's a lot of power in that so as we transition a little bit, how did you first get into coaching and 
like what gave you the confidence to say not only can I coach because some people they might have okay they might have a real specific knowledge in on how to blog or how to speak or how to do this but maybe not the confidence to to coach yet so what was your first foray into coaching and how how have you been able to have that confidence to say not only I'm a coach but I see I should I should charge for a service for this um, that's such a good question. I think coaching, I first started coaching when someone asked me, like, do I do this? I got that question a few times. Like, do you do this like outside of work? Um, I think it's easy because I also work in career development. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I'm also, my, all my directors have always said, I'm the touchy feely counselor. If you come to me and you're like, I really don't know what I want to do with my life. And I'm just so confused. I got all those students, every job I've had, I get the confused ones who really need help on like defining a vision. And then I'm also very big on finding work that you love. I'm never going to be that person who's going to push like working at a fortune 500 finance company, um, just so you make 200 K a year, but you don't see your family and you're miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've always had a very holistic view of career development. So when people talk to me, um, they would tell their friends or when I started speaking, that's when it really started to pick up when people started to ask me on how do I do this outside of work? Mm -hmm. Like, is it possible? Um, so after I got that question a few times, I, of course I went back, I'm big on finding knowledge. So I went and I found a coach to help me develop a coaching program Mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure that I was providing value. I want everyone who interacts with me, especially when it comes to manifest yourself, that's my baby that like, this was, this was great. I didn't want to be like, all right, just get on the phone call. Like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> I wanted a process. Like, can then that, for me, that's just me personally. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I'm like, for me, in order to take money from you, I, I like to know that I'm providing value and I have like a system. Mm-hmm. So for me, that made me justify charging by having a system. So when you say that you want to talk to me, we have an entry call and we go through everything. We do the vision exercise. I get clear on who you are and your goals. And I also have to make sure that we're a good fit. Um, because I don't, I don't allow anyone to sign as a client with me if I don't think we're a good fit. Like if I have any type of clue that this is not going to work mm-hmm. or our personalities don't gel, um, I still have a full-time job. So to me, it's not worth the money to be stressed mm-hmm. every time I get on a phone call. And then I have materials, I have workbooks, I have like a program guide to show you what this program is going to be like. To me, that makes me feel good Mm -hmm. and that my business is real and it's trustworthy and I have a process for that person to go through. Um, So I hired a coach to do that. Um, Not everybody can do, you you don't have to, you can look it up online um, or a lot of people can share their process. Or I know a lot of people who they didn't want to hire a coach. They just started doing calls, like the free calls that almost every coach gives. Mm -hmm to see what that process was like and what that coach did mm-hmm. and find what works for them. Mm-hmm. But I guess but, but from your perspective and the best, not the best way, but your way was getting a coach because that helped because they already they already do it and they, they they can show you, OK, here's the type of form you should set up or they, they it's kind of like you have you already had the raw skill set, but mm-hmm. they just uh, they package it up so that you can now position it. And sell with clients. And now, of course, after you get a few, you can adjust your own. But they gave you a, a blueprint rather than spending days and years online and troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. You can just use experience through a coach, right? Exactly. It's so it's like a little cheat sheet. It's it, I wanted I wanted to know what processes and that kind of helped me 
avoid some of the roadblocks or downfalls, mistakes that people make when they don't have like the education on doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was just also so nervous about taking people's money. Mm. I was just not like, I knew what I had was of value because at every university I've been at, um, students continuously come back to me. Students, alums, I've never had an issue or had like big complaints like, oh, working with Kimberly was terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm that counselor where my schedule was always booked. So I'm like, I know I provide value. I know I can do it, but how do I ensure it? And how do I like make it so you're, I'm not just saying, trust me, Mm. trust me, it's going to work. No, (laughs) I'm like, I want to make sure I have a process in place. And my coach was great. And I think, I think it also comes from my counseling background because in my master's program, um, something they always highly recommend that you do is go through therapy on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't want to go through therapy at the absolute least, they recommend that you at least go and do an intake with a therapist. Mm. will never understand what it feels like to walk into a room to try and tell somebody all your deepest, darkest secrets if you've never had to do it yourself. So some people aren't comfortable with that or they're um, weary of therapists and mental health, especially in the minority community. But um, I think in counseling, that really taught me like I need, I want to make sure I have this down and I can understand what it takes on the other side as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. So before we before we transition to the future slide, I want to ask a question. And I need to start asking all my all my guests about the resources. If you could share with our audience your your top general resources for those that are interested in blogging, coaching, speaking and, and that and that and that in that frame. OK, so my favorite resource I read. I like to read a lot. Um, and I also read using audible sometimes now that I have a commute to work every day, mm-hmm. that helps so much. So right now I'm reading this book on daily self-discipline by Martin Meadows that I'm really enjoying. Um, I also love just reading about entrepreneur stories. So I read like the you're a badass from Jens, Jensen Cero. I read the girl boss book. Um, the woman I wanted to be by Diane. I can, can't say her last name, Diane von Furstenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle is really great. Um, outliers is also one of my favorite because it talks about how, and I'm paraphrasing. So anyone who's like an expert on this <laughs> outliers talks about, is it really coincidence when people are successful or is it because you worked for it? Or you were put in a situation there's a lot of software developers where you find out that maybe their town got a grant when they were in middle school. So they had access to better computers and they were latched onto it. And then that grant passed on to high school. So they've had coding knowledge from a young age that someone didn't have when they got to college. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that have given them an advantage over someone who just started learning it when they're a computer science major? Mm-hmm. Or there's some studies on like hockey players. Most hockey players are born a certain time of year. Because that gave them the ability to be in like the all-star league because their birthday was earlier. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones who've made it to like the National Hockey League. Uh, it's just interesting. It's an interesting book if you're, t- if you're learning about um, like other successful things and what it really takes to be successful. I enjoyed that book. Um, I also, one of my favorite podcasts besides yours um, is School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. I have his book. Um, I'm just about to start reading. That's on my next list. Um, Pat Flynn is amazing for entrepreneurs as well. Um, which the new one, the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. Mm. She's my favorite bloggers. 
Um, and her podcasts are very candid. Um, it's her and her fiance, Michael Bostick, kind of talking. And those are the, one, the ones, and of course, Miley Teal. Yeah, of course. Who give a lot of process. Um, so those are the podcasts and the books. In terms of blogging, I would say try and attend a conference. For minority bloggers, I cannot recommend enough Blogalicious. Blogalicious? Oh, my God. So, and this is not a promo. I'm not getting paid to say it. Founder, <laughs> she, doesn't even, she doesn't even know I'm doing this. She, I think she has another retreat even this weekend. But Blogalicious by far has been such, I went last year for the first time, and I've known about Stacey and her work for a while, but the content she provides is incredible. You walk away, the difference I say with her conference, like normally you go to a conference, everybody talks about what they do and their experience. And they're like, oh my God, that was so great. And then you go home and you're confused. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, um, at Blogalicious, they break down. So this is what I did. This is how I got successful. This is how I did it. Now bring out your pen and paper and this is how you're going to do it for yourself. And so you leave with actionable steps. Mm. They even had, like little work sessions at night where everybody got together and they worked on projects. There was just so much value in that conference this year. I believe it's in Atlanta. Um, and I'm really going to try and go again because in, it was really good. And there was high level content. I'd say that you you can interact with bloggers who are just thinking about starting. And you could also interact with bloggers who are like, they're pros in the game. Uh. There's multi six figure bloggers who still come and they're getting value. So it's, there's both ends, which I think is really great because sometimes the beginner ones, then like, what if you, what if you go viral? What happens? If you go to Blogalicious, I feel like you can get the content to start the blog and then also it can carry you through when other things start to happen. Yeah, that's because that's 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 huge right there. Like I'm definitely I just I just pulled it up online like because uh, that's that is critical because a lot of times we, we spend time on podcasts and on other things. We talk about the process. Sometimes we go into it. But the biggest thing is what happens when you do become successful? What happens when something does pop? And if you don't know how to, know how to leverage it, then it's like, you know, just like anything, especially in this online world, it, it can mean nothing after a couple of weeks. And then I think you also need friends in the game. Like I think the biggest game changer for me in blogging is when I started to get blog friends Mm -hmm. because no one will understand like if you're at work, because a lot of us start like working full time and doing your blog full time. Nobody understands what it's like when you're at work and someone texts you like, hey, girl, your site's down. Oh, my. That's the that's the when you go in the go like what in the world? What do you mean? Basically, like, and just having someone who could be like, oh, my God, girl, call this person right now. And so you could do it at work and you can figure it out. Like, it's you need those friends to support you and to really motivate you, keep you going on those days where you're like, you know, I'm just going to shut this whole thing down. I just saw my renewal come up. I don't care. I'm not giving Bluehost their money. Because <laughs> I've had days like that where I'm like, no, I want to be a regular person again. Uh-huh. I want to not have to be on social media. I, I want to just like not care that my photo is like perfectly Instagrammable. Oh, man, you're preaching right now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it is so hard. So you need friends. And I think um, I would definitely say that if you're new in the game, it's hard to reach out to someone who's like the bomb.com. Like if you're just starting and you try and reach out to like the Molly Teals of the world, maybe you'll get a response. Maybe you won't. And it's not because she's not being nice. It's because we're busy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's also about providing value. So I went to a, con- I attend a lot of stuff. So I went to a conference maybe back in the spring and something they said, one, I forget which panelist it was, but they talked about when you're networking, try and network with the people at your level. Mm. Band together. And not to say to like go reach out, like you don't need to always talk to the CEO. Try and talk to the people who are where you are and band together and do great things. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Um, I'm one of those nuts. I respond to almost all of my emails. Ooh. Every single one. I used to respond to everybody, but now at least I get to the point where I delete the press releases. If it's not custom, mm-hmm. it's not going to get, I'm probably not going to read it. I'll open it. But once I realize that it's like a template email, <laughs> the first name thing in there because your mail merge didn't work, you're getting deleted. Uh-huh. But if any reader emails me, um, I always respond. Um, so try, I think, network with people who are around you, surround yourself, and get blog friends, podcast friends, business friends. Um, I try and get together, meet each other. We used to do little brunches or mini masterminds just to talk so you're not in your head. Because being an entrepreneur can be so lonely, mm-hmm. so lonely. Man, you're dropping some nuggets here. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's self-explanatory right there. So what's the future? Like, what's next for you in 2016? Like, what you pushing? Oh, gosh. Okay. So Manifest Yourself is relaunching with a brand new design at the end of August, early September. So I'm so excited. I, I went for it to get one of those designs that I say is like a life design. Like, once I do this, this is how Manifest Yourself is going to look for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like five plus years, nothing is changing. Ooh, um, <laughs> this, is a big, this is a big, big moment, Ren. Yes, it's a huge overhaul. I've been working on it since May. So I'm so excited. And my designer is incredible. Uh, my developer is incredible. I'm so excited. And I also just launched a YouTube channel because uh, I love speaking and connecting with people in person. But realistically, I know that I can't just travel everywhere. Um, so I'd love to provide some knowledge on YouTube so you could see me interact with me, get to know me in that way. Um, and then also I think it helps when you're looking to be a speaker since I don't do podcasting, Mm -hmm. I think that YouTube could also help with that and big, super duper duper goals. Um, like 2017, not even 2016, Mm -hmm. I'm releasing a shop. Um, with my new redesigns, I'm going to start developing products and journals and some workbooks that are available to everyone. But in 2017, my goal would be to host my own personal and professional development conference. Because mm. I love conferences. I attend so many. Um, as a professional, I was the vice president for an organization in career development, and I had to plan the annual conference. So I've done it before in that sense, but I would love to plan my own to really help um, people who, regular people, entrepreneurs, anyone who just wants inspiration and motivation for personal, professional development to have them attend and have some great um, presenters, great workshops, lots of networking. Um, that's the big goal for manifest yourself. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm pumped. That's, that's a huge, I, first of all, I can't wait to see the new redesign and I can't wait for, for all the stuff to come fruition because, uh, I know it will be, and I know it's going to be a lot of challenges on the way, but I know that you are built to overcome them. Boom. So <laughs> the last thing about that is, uh, first of all, like five years ago, did you think that you kind of would be in the same space that you are now? No, my whole life is different. I No, not at all. Nothing. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I look at because I'm 29. I'm in my last year of my 20s. And when I thought about what I wanted at like 24, 25, uh-huh. like, no. 
nothing is the same. I think it's right. yes. Oh my gosh. And like even saying I'm 29, I'm like, that is not cute. Like <laughs> 25 was cute. 26 was sexy. 27 was like, oh, I'm grown now. 29 was like, no, you're about to be really grown. So you need to like get your stuff together. <laughs> but I think I'm excited. Like it's definitely not what I expected, but I think it's amazing. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have planned this. Yeah, that's it's crazy how life goes, especially though when you're in your because twenty, like when you're in your twenty, you think by twenty five you'll be this, and at twenty five you're like, what in the world? And then at thirty you're like, what in the world? So I'm like, cause I, I, I talk with a lot of friends, I'm like, does everybody think like that? I don't know why. Does I don't know why the world is made that way where we always have this alternate vision. And before we get into the the rapid fire, the rapid fire round where I ask a series of five questions or whatnot, is there any last few things you would like to say um, to the audience? Gosh, I'd say thank you so much for listening. This has been amazing. And I know I put out there that I connect with anyone. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me directly if you'd like at Kimberly at manifestyourself.com. And I would love to connect with you. I love talking to people who are interested in starting blogs because it's just such a fun time. Oh man. Okay. Well, I'm about to start all these, all these cold emails I get. I'm about to say, Oh, let me just forward it to Kimberly. <laughs> Not a problem. I, it's, fun. it's such like an exciting time when you're creating. Like I look at manifest stuff as my baby. So when you're creating your baby, it's so much fun. Nah, I love that. I love that. So let me get into the rapid fire round. So what is the best piece of advice that you ever received? Um, one of the affirmations I received from a coach before was you're getting better and better every day in every way. Mm. So it's just making sure that you keep on putting one foot in the other. And sometimes that's enough. Mm, I love that. And also I want to ask a question, side note, what pause this coaching around. How do you, how do you go about finding your coaches? Um, so I was a part of a community in New York City before that had a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs, but a lot of times I just, I'll reach out to people and ask who they're working with. Mm -hmm. Um, and Facebook groups are amazing. These Facebook groups out here, you can find. Touched on Facebook groups like that. Oh my gosh. Like these Facebook groups for entrepreneurs, like there's one called Magic Makers, Freedom Hackers, um, Brand Build Launch is one of my favorites. There's so many people doing great things. Um, Facebook groups have been essential, and I'm more of a lurker. <laughs> um, I don't really post as much, but that's another one of my ways of networking is that when I go in these entrepreneur groups, I'll also try and um, like comment. When I have something good to give back, I'll try and comment and engage. And I've also gotten clients that way just from like answering people's questions for free, like not expecting anything. I can get an email like a month down the line. One person said, oh, I saw you answer someone else's question. <laughs> that led me to your site. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I like her. And then they email me. That's fantastic. What are your top Facebook groups that, uh, I know you mentioned a couple. I just want to. Okay. So I think, um, the freedom hackers, Mm -hmm. Freedom Hackers Mastermind, um, MBA Makers, um, Brand Build Launch, um, Pinfin oh, Pinfinite Growth. That's the name of that Pinterest class that's amazing by Melissa Griffin. She has one. Um, Tan Biz Boost is one of my friends, Alicia from North Carolina. Love her. Um, I'm in a lot, and I really just watched. Uh, Pat Flynn has one, Smart Passive Income. Mm -hmm. oh, that's Those are my favorites, yeah. Yeah. I think I have a list of about 20 that I just kind of check in once a week to see what's happening. Mm, I love that. God, another jewel. Cause I really, I don't, I don't leverage them as much as I should. I'm in a, a few, but 
I do uh I do want to make that more frequent because I mean that's that's where everybody's at. Like those that's where your clients are, those where your people are, those people that are in, the, in your industry. So that's that's great. That's great. That's great. Uh what is one of your personal habits that you can attribute to your success? Mm. I think my empathy. Mm. I think I'm always trying to find ways to make people feel okay and connect with people. Like I really like, I just took the strengths, I think strengths finder oh, test. Yeah, yeah. I love that test. Yeah. And one of mine was like that. I forget it may, they may not have used the word empathy, but it was something around the lines of like, I love to have close personal connections. Like I don't really like having like acquaintance friends. Like I want us to be close. Like that's <laughs> my friends are always like, Kim likes to know the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps me connect with people. Oh man. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, what is your favorite book and why? Oh gosh. Um, so this is non-business related at all and probably really weird, but one of my favorite books of all time, I used to read these books called clan of the cave bears. Mm-hmm. And a lot about like outdoorsy journals. Like I've read Hatchet by Gary Paulson, which was one of my favorite books as a kid. So these are like younger books that I read. But I love books like that where I can kind of just take myself away. Because I think business books are great. Um, but sometimes I need to just read something completely different that just takes me on a journey. Nah, I agree. I love that. I love that. And that book will be in the show notes. Um, what and who are you? Know, who are your mentors and how did you, who, who is your, who's your number one mentor and how do you find him or her? My number one mentor. Um, I'm not sure. I think I have like ins- people who inspire me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I have like a, like a mentor in my head. I've, I've mentioned my late teal a million times. Like my late teal is a mentor in my head. Maddie allergies, a mentor in my head. Um, Maya Elias, Alicia, Nicole, they're all mentors in my head. Um, well, Alicia, I know, like we talk on the phone, so (laughs) we're like, we collaborate together, but, um, I probably would say my godmother, she's probably like the biggest source of inspiration and motivation and clarity for me. Um, she just like, she used to always want excellence as a kid. It was very like, yes, godmother, no godmother, please. And thank you. And you get in trouble if you didn't do that. Um, but now as I've gotten older, we become friends and we talk literally every day, good, bad, indifferent successes, failures. Like she's someone who I could, she's always my sounding board and always, always gives me the truth. Oh man, that's fantastic. You always need one of them. Um, yeah. If you were the president of the United States, what would be the first thing you would do? Oh. Hmm. I want to, I feel like I have to be careful with this question, given the current state of what's going yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I was going to say is find a way to build community and have like an advisory board for the people mm. to kind of be very in touch, not just like the media, like all that sensationalism, but um, find a way to be extremely connected and informed in an uncensored way to the community. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. And my um, last question, the whole show if you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? Oh, gosh. This is this is a touchy one. My friends yeah. hate it when I say it. But I always say minorities need to legitimately band together without expectation. Ooh, they that, need that's to. A killer. They're in. 
God, it makes me so angry. I'm getting heated. I just feel like it's so hard to find other minorities who will unapologetically not expect anything, work with each other to build each other up. I just, I wish that there were more communities where we can really band together, help each other um, in that way. Cause it's, it's so difficult to find people who do that to really support each other and who also don't feel that by me helping you, I'm losing something. Mm. Like I have to give up on something. And then the last piece on that, I always think that like, as you're building a brand, like we all like to get paid. We all like to get paid, obviously. But I think when you're building, sometimes you have to give a little more Mm -hmm. and be willing to give because you don't know um, where that can lead. Like I've I've gone to events for free a lot, especially because I coach. Mm -hmm. But if I go to an event for free and I sign one client or if I sign two or three, like that's my speaker's fee. Mm -hmm. So looking at it that way, or sometimes it may not even be immediate, but kind of like investing in yourself. Yeah, not it's, it's investing yourself where in situations that don't have immediate return. Exactly. But how do you I, gauge that though? Um, I think it's being realistic. Maybe having good mentors who can really kind of <laughs> evaluate where you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our heads, we can all be one thing, not to say everybody's not the bomb.com yeah. <laughs> really looking like, you know, you should know like where you are and what you can charge for where you are and also evaluating the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if I know that I get asked to speak somewhere and they don't have a budget for a speaker, but if this is my target audience, I'm going to go and do it for free because I know that I can get a client out of that. Mm-hmm. And then that's like my speaker's fee. If it's something that's completely unrelated, um, then sometimes I'll choose not to go or I'll push more for like, no, you need to pay the speaker's fee. But I think it's just being honest about the situation, um, especially when you're growing, when you're in the growing stage, I feel like this is when you have to kind of expand, test the waters and do do a little bit more, go a little bit above and beyond. Man, these man, you dropping some nuggets. So I, I'd like to say, um, actually, before I do my my rollout, how can how can everybody keep in touch with you, reach you? I know you gave your email address before, but where are you at online, social media, all that good stuff? Oh yay! So you can get me on manifestyourself.com and all of my social media. So Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Pinterest, all of that is at manifest. Then you are S E L F because Twitter makes things short. <laughs> so the yourself for all of that, and then my YouTube channel. I'm building up my following. So if you just search for manifest yourself in the search bar, then you'll find my brand new YouTube channel. But I welcome comments, questions, anything. I look forward to hearing from people. Mm, I love that. We're going to have all that stuff in the show notes. Make sure you go subscribe on YouTube, follow on all those networks, and then stay engaged. Like she gave her email address out. I will have it out there. So if you have any questions or you want to follow up, please make sure you reach out. So on behalf of myself and Minority Troublemaking Nation, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving over an hour of your Saturday morning to do this interview. <laughs> no problem. Now I'm headed to the gym. <laughs> Phenomenal interview. Season three, episode two is in the books, and we're just moving onward and upward. Thank you, Ms. Brown, for all of that. Thank you for tuning in. And Minority Trailblazer Nation, you know what to do. Two things. First, listen to via iTunes. Make sure you leave us a review. And also, make sure you do one thing and one thing only. What is that, Mr. Hill? Change the freaking culture. Good night. Oh.
And last but certainly not least, if you enjoy the show, you enjoy the podcast, you're getting something from our guests, and you would like to see, hey, I might want to be a potential client because I, I like the way you broke down certain things. She does coach and she is offering 20% off her coaching services. If you mentioned you found out being the Minority Trailblazer podcast. So like I said, if you enjoy the interview, you enjoy the vibe of what she's going on, you check out her website, you check out about what she's working on, you say, man, I need some advice in that area. I need some advice in, in blogging. I need some advice in, in speaking. I need some advice in coaching. I need some advice just trying to work through my relationships and get better in a certain area. And if you think Miss Brown is the person to go to, she's offering 20% off her services. If you say you heard of her through the Minority Trailblazers podcast. And side note, this is not an affiliate. I'm not receiving any commissions. If you do receive any coaching or any services, 